Welcome to the Intercut Podcast. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's been snubbed from the biggest snubs lists, it's Arturo Zurita. Got up super early to react to these bad boys. Let's talk about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were on LME streams and we did some live reactions, so you can head over there, but uh, got interrupted and wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the notable Oscar nominees, reactions, snubs. Solid year. Um, just, yeah, I thought it was a pretty solid year for the most part. There's always going to be some complaints about some people's favorite movies not getting in. That's okay. But a lot of the best movies got in this year. There was great movies in 2020. Who would have guessed it, Zach? <laughs> Who would have yeah, guessed it? Yeah. Uh, and like we were talking about, I think even like the worst of the worst Oscar nominees, for the most part here, are are genuinely watchable films, even if they're not necessarily great art. They're streamable. So, yeah, so not a whole lot to complain about here, but I'm sure we'll find a few things. First of all, I just wanted to run through a few movies that got no Oscar nominations at all. We'll give them one last mention here. Uh, there's a few that were winners in our hearts, notably First Cow Bro. and Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Mm. Uh, you know, shouts to Eliza Hittman and Kelly Reichert. You know, Zack Snyder showed Kelly Reichert more respect than the Academy this week. You know? What do you think of that? Uh, I, I love it. I was literally telling Alina, I was seeing a lot of people, you know, tweet about the love of First Cow, which I always love to see. And I had to go back to it. I was like, did did I put First Cow in my top ten? It's like, I know it's in my top ten, but, like, did I did I mess up and not put it? I go back to check out the podcast. Literally, uh, I begin it. It's my number seven. And I tell you that I, I, I had woken up in the middle of the night forgetting one on my list and it was first cow and uh well the oscars did not have that dream that i did because they they, they just did not yeah. put it on theirs but shout out to first cow you're correct i'm hoping that the snyder snyder boys they get st- <laughs> the snyder people they get stuff done <laughs> so if they, they yeah, become kelly let, fans, first cow too <laughs> oh that'd be fantastic uh the right card cut um but yeah also yeah, never exactly. really sometimes always trending. Uh, one of our one of our favorites from Sundance two years ago, right? Two years ago when we were all able to gather together. Um, that's one that I think you and I wanted to see in multiple categories. I know it was a stacked year. You know, even in the categories you wanted to put it in, uh, from screenplay to actress, uh, it still would have been a heavy hitter. You'd have to take somebody else out. But those are two films that I think definitely deserve more recognition. And I'm glad to see that a lot of people are mentioning them online. Definitely. Uh, one that I was hoping for, Palm Springs. I, I really was thinking that at least it could crack the original screenplay category. You know, a fun fact, this is the first year that all five original screenplay nominees are also Best Picture nominees, which might sound like a good thing, but to me, I actually kind of think it's a bad thing because original screenplay is sometimes a category that has these exciting, daring movies that are maybe a little bit too experimental for the Academy. Movies like Nightcrawler get nominated here. Movies like uh, Knives Out or First Reformed. Ex Machina got nominated in original screenplay. Uh, And and I just wish there was a little bit more of the, like, experimentation Mm -hmm. shown in this category with a movie like Bomb Springs or, or, you know... Uh, plenty of others that could have been here. Uh, okay. Four-year-old version is another one that totally could have been here That's and right. got shut out. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, one of your favorites too. I'm thinking of ending things blanked across the board. No, that's the, the actors, one no I would have said. Yeah, design. I'm very surprised that they didn't get screenplay. What did mm-hmm. get screenplay? That 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 one didn't. That that's the one that I'm actually surprised, considering Charlie Kaufman. If we're giving it to people who you know the Oscars have awarded in the past, they decided to go for a trial instead of you know what I would say was one of the better adaptations of last year. The what he did with the book that was something special. Uh, he truly was able to bring a novel and make it its own thing um, for what the film was and nothing, nowhere. So that was kind of disappointing. Definitely. Uh, More movies that we loved that didn't get nominations. Driveways, I was kind of hoping maybe Brian Dennehy, but that was definitely an outside shot. Miss Juneteenth, which, you know, also not a very likely one. Uh, The Nest, we, we... put Carrie mm. Coon way up on our best act performances list and, you know, didn't come through, but I think we saw that one coming. Sean did something. I don't know what he did. Yeah. And, and then, you know, uh, The Invisible Man, uh, another one that got some shortlist nominations, didn't get shortlisted for visual effects, probably the place where it really should have shown up. But, I think so. You know, another year goes by and we get another year of Elizabeth Moss performances that get overlooked. I, I love that people keep saying uh, that Arrival continues to get overlooked. <laughs> I think that's fantastic that Amy Adams just isn't getting the love she deserves for that movie. Uh, but no, yeah, I agree no. with you. Maybe, you know, it, it comes on to campaigns as well with a lot of these is that they just did not have the money to push for these. And then for a lot of them, if the studio was already backing another movie, <clears throat> Netflix, they put some others to the side and it's not as strong, sadly. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of that, there were some movies that couldn't cash the checks. They wanted to be Oscar nominated today and they got nothing. Uh, movies like Ammonite at one point thought it was going to be in the best actress run didn't really uh, stick it through uh, Birds of Prey I, I thought it would at least get one of the technical categories mm-hmm. but got blanked across the board Cherry at Apple TV certainly thought so the, the Russos church. certainly hoped so church. didn't even pull through the uh, cinematography nomination Damn. French Exit no nomination for Michelle Pfeiffer uh, The Little Things no Jared Leto after Thankfully. the Globe no way yeah. I care a lot. No Rosamund Pike, even after the win. Globe win. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, speaking of Netflix, Malcolm and Marie, despite Zendaya and John David Washington putting out a lot of campaigning for that movie. A lot of campaigning. Not going to see, Too much campaigning. I'm not going to see nominations for it. Well, uh, to be honest, I'm kind of glad because some of the campaigning they were doing was getting a little too over the edge. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of that movie. I don't also overly hate it, but the campaign was getting a little over what it was getting. It was reaching the levels of uh, Malcolm <laughs> going on his rants. Yeah. What, what else? Uh, the Mauritanian, after showing up uh, pretty heavily at the Golden Globes, news does took not it. show up here. Yeah. News, news uh, took all those no, final No Jody Foster. Yeah. On the Rocks, you know, we thought Bill Murray might sneak into supporting actor, but Sofia Coppola uh, is 0 for, for this latest movie. Personal History of David Copperfield, Dev Patel got into the Globes. Man, that was a while ago, yeah. Here. And, uh, of course, you know, Ryan Murphy's The Prom. Just, it, it, I don't know what the Academy didn't see in the masterpiece, so... Nothing. Nothing. Um, <laughs> so let, let's get to the the snubs we actually care about here, because there were some notable ones, and you know we got to start off with the headline everybody is discussing. As we feared, there is no Delroy Lindo in the best actor category. You know, there's twenty slots for actors at the Oscars, and they couldn't give any of them to the best performance of all 2020. 
I'm I don't want to say I'm shocked because it it seemed like it was pointed this way, especially after he didn't get uh, the Globes and a couple other high profile nominations. But it still sucks to see. It's a joke. Honestly, and I was telling you about checking out that, uh, I think it was a Collider interview that he had where he talked about it as well. Uh, such a damn class act as well. He more than deserved it. This was a, probably one of the longest, uh, one of the longer ones that uh, has been campaigning for a while considering its release on Netflix in the summer. And it's still the performance we're talking about. It's the performance I think everybody everybody's talking about having gotten the biggest snub. And I did not hate Mank. But man, I hate Mank right now. <laughs> right? You know? I mean, I, at least Gary. Like, yo, we, we, we this were is, hating. This is, I think, we hated the fact I think that this Gary is Gary Oldman's it. third nomination in the last 10 years. He you know, also won not too long ago for Darkest, Darkest Hour. Hour. And it just kind of feels like it, it, he's the one who really he's pulling a pushed out a more interesting a nominee, right? And, and it's not even. Uh, specifically because I love Del- Delroy Lindo's performance either. I would have been happy to see Kingsley Benadir show up. I would have been happy to see Mads Mikkelsen show up. This should have been Delroy's category to win, but oh, to, to see a mediocre Gary Oldman performance get in, it, it, I, I feel you, though. Yeah, no, I'll, it, I'll get around upsetting. to it, I promise. I, I think it's the most upsetting one. Um, and, and like you said, it, it's not just the Oscars. It was plenty of award shows uh, beforehand as well. That we're just dismissing yeah. it, and be it a Netflix campaigning thing, be it the fact that uh, Judas came out more recently, so that's what they were more focused on. It felt like they just had all their slots filled for what they needed them to be filled for. Disappointing. A happy snub. No Aaron Sorkin in Best Director. That had seemed like he was going to be a front runner, and I think also with the lack of nomination for Best Director, that kind of kneecaps Trial of Chicago 7's chances at getting the Best Picture nomination, too. So, no, we're not going to have another green book on our hands. Well, hey, don't speak too soon. But, yeah, no, you and I were ready to take shots at 7 o'clock in the morning when we realized that he didn't didn't get it. Um, There was other surprises in that category, but, yeah, no, I do not think he is a great director. If there's anything that he should be nominated for, I guess it's the screenplay. I really hope he doesn't take that either. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to the Chicago 7 slander soon. Uh, Mank did not get in for original screenplay, a movie that, that about one a sucks. screenwriter that did not get in for screenplay. Yeah, it is a bit of a shame given it, that it, yeah. the, the story behind this, uh, it being David Fincher's father and uh, his late father and Fincher, you know, putting all this care into bringing that story that to sucks. life. It sucks. I, I gotta say, it's not one of my five top five screenplays in that category, but... No, you but, know. but like you said, the just the story and uh, out of a lot of the stuff that... I, mean, I, I feel like the technical awards are earned uh, considering how he made that movie, uh, the way that he made it, but I don't know. It, it would have been adapted or would have been original? Uh, that one would have been original. Okay. Yeah, it was a pretty sad category, I guess not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mank also didn't get the best editing nomination, which, you know, despite how well Mank did today, that that's a bad sign for Ma- uh, Mank's potential best picture chances yeah. as well. It's going to it's gonna pull the same thing it's been pulling with a lot of the other award shows. It comes in with the most nominations, double digits, and then it leaves with uh, absolutely nothing practically. So mm, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tenet, it got two nominations for best visual effects and best production design. I really thought it should have been in there for best score. Uh, Ludwig Göransson, of course, get that working EGOT. on that one. Yeah, I mean, didn't he already win one for for Black Panther? Did he? Oh, dang! All right, then he's gonna get the 
He's got double O's. Igut, uh, eventually. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I, can see. I, I thought that they already liked him enough to, you know, include him here, especially because Tenet is perhaps the most distinctive score among the non, uh, the among the shortlisted ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't get in here. It doesn't get in for cinematography either, which, you know, considering some of the nominees in that category, maybe it should have. Yeah. <laughs> Sheesh, yeah. Boy State, Dick Johnson is dead, and Welcome to Chechnya. All are left out of the best documentary category. Gunda as well. I didn't put Gunda in my outline, but yeah. But considering uh, that uh, my 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 favorite octopus got nominated, I think you and I both said that we prefer Gunda. I think uh, that would that's a better made film, a better made documentary. They both accomplish very similar things, but in I think a much more artistic way in Gunda. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't hate uh, my favorite octopus. I do think it's a very good documentary. Just surprised that it got in there. Um, I didn't expect Boy State to get a nomination. That would have been a nice surprise. I think we've given it the love that we believe it deserves. My favorite out of Sundance from that year. I think uh, you know it's available on Apple TV. I think a lot of people have had the chance to catch it. If you haven't, definitely do so. Uh, but the other two definitely hurt. Uh, I wanted Welcome to Chechnya. I think that that is a powerhouse of a documentary that everybody should check out. It's playing on HBO. Sucks that it didn't get nominated, but I am astonished, honestly, that Dick Johnson is dead didn't get it. Since you caught it at Sundance uh, years back, you were like, for sure, that this was going to be something that was going to stick its way all the way through. It's playing on Netflix, so people still have the chance to watch it, but Mm -hmm. damn, dude. Like, that one sucks for sure. Exactly, because, like, there, there is a format to a lot of documentary filmmaking, mm-hmm. right? And like you, you can kind of classify most documentary films, but Dick Johnson is Dead is one of the rare films in the documentary genre that is really kind of its own unique thing. It's hard to classify in a lot of ways. And it comes from a really, really talented documentarian too in Kristen Johnson. I'm just very surprised that they didn't go for this one. It's really, I think it's both an artistic achievement and so emotionally resonant. Mm-hmm. I, it just, I'm shocked to be honest that that one didn't. Yeah. Make that, it that was a, maybe it's surprising. a little just too weird. No, they just messed up, bro. <laughs> they they put yeah. the octopus yeah. movie in. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, La Llorona, probably our, our oh, biggest there. upset in the, Best International Feature Category. There's a lot of people who have their complaints about the Best International Feature Category this year. You know, it's tough because these are these countries' selections for their best movies. It's not exactly like a whole lot of scrubs in the field, but I I definitely think La La Llorona is one of the most affecting films that I saw in quite some time, and that it didn't get in here is, is a huge upset for me. You and I both had it as uh, the ones we were hoping, one of the top five that we were hoping to get in. It is my favorite horror movie of last year. Uh, it transcends being a horror movie, to be honest with you. That man, I was yeah. telling you, had two movies with Tremors as well that he could yeah. have easily submitted and would have deserved the nomination. Uh, obviously, the, the the ones we were so surprised, the ones that ended up getting nominated, uh, shout out. If the boy's watching again, uh, for the publicist who sent us the link, for uh, who was watching the Intercut episode about the international categories yep. and how we mentioned the man who uh, stole his skin, right? Man who stole his back. Uh, yeah. The we haven't had the chance. The sold. Uh, we haven't had the chance to catch that one. Quo Vadi, did that one end up getting the nomination? And then what's the third one that yeah, I'm missing? Yeah, Quo Vadi Saida got in. Uh, do you say another round? Um, and then uh, Better Days from Hong Kong. Also. I saw Better Days. What's the last one that rounds it out? 
Oh, collective, collective, collective. I still got. I have to watch collective. Um, I was I was expecting a lot of these other ones to make it in, and it, it did not. Collective scoring the double, but uh, La Llorona was one along with uh, I'm no longer here that I was really hoping would get some love. They did not. It hurts. Hey, it sucks. Yeah, I will continue to give them love. That is the best thing that I know to do <laughs> with these movies. Use their platform. I hope that people uh, give them the chance. But uh, yeah, no, those are ones that I think were, were definitely deserved um, just a recognition for sure. Absolutely. And uh, one last snub here. The Human Voice did not get into A lot of people really like that one. Am I wrong? Short. Am I wrong? Do I need to rent it again? Uh, did you see it? Yeah. I did. I saw it you, with the link. The link they sent you, us. Not much to you? Uh, no, I thought it was good. I thought it was solid. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. It's just so distinctive in a category that I don't know. And, and I maybe shouldn't speak because I haven't seen the actual nominees yet. But that it came from Pedro Aldamodovar and that it stars Tilda Swinton feels... And that it even got to the shortlist in the first place. I'm just a little surprised. Oh, that yeah, it that's right. Okay, if it I don't was, know if it's like a tragedy. Yeah, I, I guess that's what it is. I don't feel like it's like a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's all I'll say about it. <laughs> you liked it, though. I did. I thought it was enjoyable. But, you know, I, I, I'm i not heartbroken. It wasn't, like, my favorite thing from last year. Y'all should have watched White Eye. I need to see the other live-action shorts before I, I'd say that Human Voice, unquote, uh, 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 you know, undeniably mm-hmm. deserved the nomination here or whatever. Fair enough. But uh, let's talk about the no- most notable nominees that actually did get in that did make the cut we mentioned collective a moment ago it got into both the best international feature and best documentary category that never happened in oscar history before honeyland and now it's happened twice in two years wow wow okay so then does that mean collective i mean honeyland didn't win either category so i don't know what that means for collective it is a really affecting documentary I, i think it has a shot but I wouldn't count on it in either category. It's not what I'm going to go with. Okay. Uh, do you think that the international film category should ban documentaries, though, to to prevent this kind of thing from happening? No. I don't like when it happens, but no. No. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I can't yeah, do that. I, mean, I can't I, do that. I, I wish it wouldn't happen, but, like, I, I don't want to prevent it from yeah. happening, if that e- makes exactly. sense. Exactly. I'm not a big person on doing that. What's next? They're going to combine the sound categories? Like... <laughs> uh, Collective was also Romania's first Oscar nomination after 36 submissions. Only Portugal has submitted more movies, 37, without getting nominated. Damn. Uh, Quo Vadis Aida is the second movie to be nominated from Bosnia and Herzegovina, and the last one, No Man's Land, won international feature in 2001. So uh, right now, Bosnia and Herzegovina is one of three categories that has never lost an Oscar until it potentially loses this one. Okay. Uh, and then another round, their nomination for Denmark is that country's 13th nomination, moving them into sixth place all time. You know what country tops that list? Uh, hold on. Give me a second. You'll guess it. Japan? Italy? Japan is... Japan is fourth. Italy is second. Istanbul. <laughs> France. Oh, that's way more obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous did you see what happened speaking of france and the oscars their oscars their caesars we're gonna have to say that I for another episode oh they got crazy all right. yeah oh it, it got <laughs> what they what they were worried with last year the stuff got even worse this year <laughs> but we'll talk about that on a, on, a, on a longer episode 
Uh, in animated, Pete Doctor earned his fourth animated feature nomination for Soul. He's now got the most ever nominations in that category. And he's the head of Pixar yeah, now, the, so look at him. He's like the new Walt Disney, I guess. Look, whoa, wait. <laughs> oh, too much, too much. Okay. Crossed it a bit. <laughs> Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross became the third and fourth person to ever be nominated for multiple film scores in the same year for their work on Soul and on Mank. Andre Desplat did it in 2014. John Williams has done it not once, not twice, yeah, but, but three that's, times. No, he's like his stats are John crazy. Williams. It's it's insane. Borat subsequent movie film mm-hmm. nominated for adapted screenplay with nine credited writers. Ridiculous, bro. Yeah, uh, White Tiger also got into adapted screenplay. That was a bit of a pleasant surprise to see Ramin Barani in there again. One of these 2021 releases that that sneaks in in the extended deadline. But I, I kind of was excited to to see this film get some love somewhere. One thumb up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just kind of feel like the Oscars should spread more love around so that yeah, that it, it got in. It. I don't know. And Priyanka was so yeah. happy to announce it as well. I mean, she's producer on the movie, right. so she was ecstatic for it. Who knows? Maybe it wasn't even on the card. She just said, and White Tiger. <laughs> she just let it slip. <laughs> but shout out to them. Exactly. Interesting one to make the list. I sent you this stat. Leslie Odom Jr. was nominated for both Best Song and Best Supporting Actor. It's the it fourth straight year in which someone was nominated for Acting and Best Song. And it's only the fourth time that's ever happened. That's crazy. Four times in four years. I think that has a lot to do with just the way that we're rolling. I I can't even say that considering like what we had in the 50s and the 60s. But it's like, I guess the soundtracks that we really push is this idea that you really need the main star of the film to not just be campaigning like a Lady Gaga who also needs to sing the track. And it becomes a hit Mm -hmm. um, with Leslie Odom Jr. being the star that he is on Broadway, having that be translated into uh, the feature. Um, Who else did it? You said, was it Cynthia? Arrivo did it for Harriet as well? Uh, so it was Mary J. Blige. I think it was Mudbound. Cynthia Arrivo. There you go. And Lady Gaga were the three before. So I don't know. I, I think that's going to be a, a running stat we're going to be seeing for sure. Even if it skips a year, I think that's going to be a reoccurring theme that we see for a while. Aaron Sorkin scored his fourth screenplay nomination in 10 years. The only other people to ever do that are Francis Ford Coppola, Woody Allen, Oliver Stone, and Joel and Ethan Cohen. Sounds like a very awkward dinner party. <laughs> Good uh, Glenn Close gets her eighth Oscar nomination for Hillbilly Ooh. Elegy. If she loses this one, she'll be tied with Peter O'Toole for the most acting nominations ever without a win. I hope that continues. <laughs> I feel bad to say it. Just for her own sake. She- She'll get one eventually. It, we don't want it to be for this Yeah, role. she Nobody already really said it, the honorary it one. Because she said they're going to roll around in a wheelchair. She, poor her. She yeah. already recognizes that. Damn, God. Oh, really? They're taking Cruella away from her? Man, that's not fair for Glenn Close. <laughs> uh, and she also became the third person ever to be nominated for a Razzie and an Oscar for the same that's, performance. So, that's, that's too much. Yeah. I think that speaks, yeah, speaks volumes. Lakeith. Let's get to Lakeith. The the biggest surprise of the day to him too. He gets nominated in. <laughs> he gets nominated for best supporting actor. What happened here? 
No one knows. And it's been crazy because you and I have been, you know, messaging each other back and forth, just seeing the people trying to make sense of it and saying, no, it's, it's, it's the studios. That's what they did. And it's like, no, it's not. You and I just nope. quick Google search and you see all of the for your considerations. It was lead. You see previous awards. It was campaigning for leads, nominations for leads. Mm-hmm. Um, this just goes completely the other way. Some people want to blame it on the voters. Some people want to blame it on, on the studios. I mean, uh, according to the rules, it comes down to the voters that they are able to cast a ballot on whatever they see fit. And I don't know. It's it's interesting that the Get Out Boys uh, are both <laughs> are both uh, in in this together, competing. Mm-hmm. But they're both on the title. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. I, the, my, the favorite meme that I saw today was taking the Beanie Feldstein line and, and changing it to, it's the titular roles, because it's literally Judas and the Black Messiah. Like, if is it it's and? Judas and the Black Messiah, exactly, no? you took my joke. It, it it doesn't make any sense. It's really it's, And it's not like... It's not like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie or a Robert Altman movie where it's this huge ensemble cast and it doesn't really make sense to have anybody be the lead. Like, th- I don't think there's really one lead in Magnolia, but there, if anything, both of these guys should be co-leads, not co-supporting. And it begins and ends with him. It's Judas and the Black Messiah. He is the lead, according to the studio, according yeah. to everybody, according to him who took to Instagram and Lakeith was, he, he was confused as well. But you know what, shout out to, uh, we've, been, we've been saying this every year, every time a Short Term 12 alum continues to get a nomination, so you're right. we're, just, we're just scratching it out for every single one of them. It's the movie that minced movie stars. Yeah, 10 Chlorophyll Lane, man, he should have gotten that nomination for that role supporting. <laughs> yeah, I saw somebody say, Caitlin Deaver, you're next. She is next, she is next. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But we're, we I'm are happy, happy for Lakeith, right? We know. We are. It's just having a nomination like that and having it be so confusing, mm-hmm. ah, it makes it so unstable. It makes you wonder what the hell's going on. And I don't think that's mm-hmm. a good feeling to have, but we also want to be happy that it happened. But we're still questioning right. it. And, and you don't want to be questioning it. No. We complain a lot when it comes to Oscars stuff about category fraud, you know, people being finagled into the wrong category because they'll maybe have a better chance of getting in. But the usu- the reason that usually happens is to get, put undeserving people in there. At least it worked in our benefit for once. Yeah, exactly. But, e- but even then, I still got to be consistent with it and, and question, like, what the hell is going on. But Totally. Uh, totally. Again, you had brought up something earlier when we were doing the streams that what if this ends up hurting it? The, the, the chances mm-hmm. for Daniel Kaluuya, who I believe you and I are both championing for, believe that he yeah. is the one who should win? Yeah, and there's some split thinking on that. Some people think that, yeah, because <laughs> a lot it's of two people thinking. from the same movie, uh, they're going to split the vote. My feeling is Paracy. anybody who watched that movie is going to think that Daniel Kuluya was the more magnetic star. Bro, no, you would I mean, think he, that he's giving the better performance. You would think that, and if you saw the movie and paid attention, you would know who's lead, Zach. You know, you know the answer to that. I will bring this that, up. That's, that's Dominique. True. Not getting a nomination, stupid, dumb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's weird because I, I kind of I left her off of my predictions because I thought Judas and the Black Messiah just didn't have enough momentum. It came out too late, and then it went ahead and took a whole bunch of nominations. Uh, Honestly, I kind of hate that. I kind of hate that. I kind of hate that now because you know how much I love the movie. 
and now it's kind of like yeah. become the overplayed classic, which is kind of like what I was arguing right. that it was. But now that it's become that, now it kind of it sucks. <laughs> it really does. Always more fun to root for an it's underdog. Always more fun. Watch Boy State, Apple TV. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Frances McDormand is the first actress ever nominated for Best Actress and for producing the Best Picture in the same year. This is her first nomination for Best Picture, and it makes her the third woman to get nominated in the Best Picture, Best Actress, and Best Supporting Actress category ever. The other two, Barbara Streisand and Oprah. Talk about dream blunt circles. Okay. All right. Thomas Vinterberg. Gets the best director, director nomination. Let's Good talk friend. about it. Uh, Kelly Reichardt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tough because I am really happy for Thomas Vinterberg, and mm-hmm. I, I like another round a lot. Eliza but Hittman. This comes, this comes at the expense of Kelly Reichardt, of Eliza Hittman. Perhaps more realistically, comes at the expense of Regina King or Spike Lee or Shaka King, or even Florian Zeller and Darius Martyr. There's a lot of people who are potentially deserving. I would say, particularly considering this was such a a, a prominent year for black filmmakers that none of their movies ended up getting into the best director talk is a shame. But, I mean, it's cool for Thomas Vinterberg. I'm glad he's here ahead of Aaron Sorkin. I don't think it's a it's a quality issue. I think they're all quality directors. It's just uh, how the voting came down to it. And we're, we're entering that period. Remember, yeah. right, as soon as the nominations come out, there's those dumb Academy voters who I guess don't have online uh, access at all. And uh, what is right. the Hollywood Reporter person goes up to them, gets all of that info, releases it for us, and we get like those four or five pieces that start letting us know what they were actually thinking when it came not only to the nominations and what what... what how this list resulted, but what they're kind of leaning towards, then we'll be having a completely different talk about uh, what really happened behind the scenes. Um, Jeff Fowler didn't get a nomination either. For Sonic. (laughs) The director of Sonic. Man, get out of here with that. Snubbed across the board. (laughs) Chloe Zhao becomes the sixth person and the first woman to ever to receive four Oscar nominations Crazy. for the same movie. Most recently, Alfonso Cuaron did that for Roma. Uh, shouts to Chloe Zhao, who, who kind of launched herself onto the elite tier of filmmakers this what year. What is it? Producer, screenwriting, director. What am I missing? Editor. And editing. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's that's yeah. next level stuff right there. And then she got a Disney movie coming up. Yeah, <laughs> like. yeah. And, and she's in the the front seat for, or she's in the lead for best director as far as we're concerned as well. And so. her partner got a nomination for cinematography as well. Like you know, someone yeah. so you know an Academy she, she voters keeps winning. An Academy voter, uh, Academy voters going to see that and they're going to think it's uh it's what's his name from uh, what's his name who inspired them? Thin Red Line and everything. They're going to be like, oh, it's this. Man. Oh, Malik, Malik, <laughs> Malik. I think it's Malik, and they're going to be like, yes, Nomadland. All they're going to see is they, they saw the Criterion video where they were giving him a shout-out. They'll be like, oh, yeah, Terrence had right. something to do with this. Uh, who knows? <laughs> they may come both They both may come home with gold, so that'd be that'd be a crazy night for both of them. Yeah. yeah. Let's get back to Judas, though, because, uh, as I mentioned, it was this huge success uh, getting the two supporting actor nominations, the screenplay nomination, the somewhat surprised Best Picture nomination mm-hmm. in a Best Picture field that only had eight nominees. I feel like it's uh, not talked about enough, but 
it's only mathematically possible this year for there to be nine. Know, They're doing I the know, switch next know, year to I ten. Know. Zach was also not talked about enough. Is but we like, don't give a damn. Still, it should be ten. They still could have done nine. It still could have been nine this year. It still could have been nine. Yeah. We, I, I sent you an interesting thread, which maybe I'll link to in the description down below, uh, that I think talked a little bit about how Judas and the Black Messiah's nomination potentially ca- came at the direct cost of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and One Night in Miami, Miami. Uh, two movies that were considered almost certainly uh, going to get uh, Best Picture nominations here. I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because it's this thing that I do talk about, uh, how... Sometimes Oscar voters get this tunnel vision like split it. when it comes yeah. to what to vote for. You you, you think you, you've come up with a list of five to eight great movies, and that's what you vote for in every category. Well, and it, it leaves stuff like that out. Would you also argue that a lot of the uh, studio bidding and the way that they campaign isn't also a part of that? If they're oh, all sure. campaigning for the exact same thing? You know, if they're all, if the pitch for every single one of the movies is that this is the movie of the moment. How many, how many, mm-hmm. you know, which one's going to be the movie of the moment? So then that's the way that they're pitching yeah. it as well. And you need some counter marketing to it. Again, at the end of the day, we know what all these Oscars is. They're not qualifying uh, quant- quality at the end of the day. They, they're, they're, it's a campaign thing. And like you said, if, right. if, you know, the way that they go about it when it comes to the campaign is done in a way where it just drowns out the other ones, that could also have a factor to it. But we'll see when the... Yeah, and those notes come out. It, I don't know if it's a if it's a chicken or the egg thing, but certainly yeah. Hollywood studios' choices and voters' choices are all an influence here. But yeah, it, it is a shame that uh, some of these movies did not make the cut. Uh, so Mank, as we mentioned, it leads all films with ten nominations. I agree with you. I think it's coming home with very maybe little one. Yeah. Yeah. It sweeps. Uh, but interestingly, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Nomadland, Sound of Metal, The Father, and The Trial of the Chicago 7 are all tied for second place with six nominations. Wow. Uh, you got Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Promising Young Woman, writing behind it with five each. News of the World has four. One Night in Miami and Soul each have three. So a lot of love going around. You know, I... It's a it's fairly evenly divided among the movies that seem to have qualified for that elite tier, mm-hmm. but I, a lot of nominations that are, are deserving. I, I've like you were saying earlier. I think it's not a bad for list the first time in a few years. This is a pretty like happy crop to see. It is of, of the nominees. But we're so used to getting mad. We have to get mad, Zach. We're so used to it. <laughs> yeah. What What are you gonna do on Oscars nomination morning oh, without what? getting Be mad happy? about movies that you haven't seen that yet? That makes no sense. But. Yeah. What what's the father? I haven't heard of it and therefore I hate it. <laughs> you haven't seen it. So that's why you you don't know that my my man needs to win the award. He gave the best performance of that year. Both of them should be should be taking him home, but I digress, Zach. One day we'll y'all will see. Let's run through some predictions really quickly. Okay. I don't know if you had any thoughts on any of the short categories because we haven't really had the chance to see them yet mm-hmm. uh, except for some of the animated shorts but I think we can skip over that for now um, for the animated one I want opera to win for the doc I want a concerto to win for the live action I want white eye to win but the the live actions are definitely the ones where I need to catch a little bit more because uh, you were telling me that there's a joy badass one in there uh, that I got a co-sign by uh, who'd you say Bong, Bong Joon Ho that's right 
So I kind of got to catch yeah. that one. I believe we have a link yeah. to a couple. I want to watch but, more. Yeah. So those are the ones that I need to catch up on the most, along with the international ones. But uh, those would be my picks at this moment. I know some are even playing at South by uh, Concerto is free online. We've talked about that in our Sundance coverage as well. Um, Great. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, international film. I think because Vinterberg got that best director nomination, it's, it's pretty is. safe to it's assume insane. that another round is going to win it here. Although there's a lot of love for Quo Vada Saida and we yeah. still have to see that. Uh huh. Going to have to drop that rental. Mm-hmm. Yep. Documentary feature. I think time takes this. That seems to have been the, the favorite among critics and voting bodies. And it is kind of, it is a really special documentary. I believe so. so. Yep. Animated feature. Wolfwalkers, I know Zach? you prefer Wolfwalkers. Wolf you say Wolfwalkers? I still think Soul is going to win this. I, I think Wolfwalkers should win this because Pixar wins them all the time, but I, I think Soul is going to win. They've camp- been campaigning hard. Every day I get a virtual Q&A press request to come in and just see them talk about the movie, and every day I'm there, Zach, watching them and the masterwork that they did. The boys uh, at Cartoon I would, Saloon. I would, love, I would love for them to steal this one. I don't know. Did I say steal? bad on me i would love for them to take the award that they have earned finally <laughs> damn it pixar soul's really good though but yeah Wolf visual Walkers. effects i see this one going with tenants i don't know if you agree uh considering uh, kind of some weird nominees in this category have you seen the one and only ivan or loving monsters i have seen the one and only ivan there was a meme in this household for a while and the meme has now uh what did I say? It, it has evolved into the Oscar-nominated Oscar one nomin- Ivan uh, playing on Disney Plus. Mulan, I do not understand. Yeah. Midnight Sky uh, is so obviously because yeah. it was George ten. Clooney. He was probably showing up in Espressos <laughs> at these people's houses. Uh, and Love and Monsters. I guess now we have to buy that one on Voodoo. So. You said you were hearing good First things good about things. it. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah. Tenet. yeah. My buddy Ben, who does the Time to Party podcast, said it was a good time. So I, I will rent that one, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Best sound, not best sound mixing or sound editing, but best combined sound. Uh, I got Sound of Metal. You know, that's the movie to which sound is the most important out of any movie this year. And I think even if you don't think it's necessarily the best sound, which I do think it is the best sound, it is the most notable use of sound. So I think it's got a leg up here. Mank. I think Mank might take it. Uh, I, I think what, the, what they do for, for its sound may not be as big story-wise, but it's setting-wise, and it puts you into the time period uh, that he wanted to put yes. you in. But uh, Greyhounds, just shout-out to it. I thought that was very good sound mixing. That was one I actually uh, wish I would have seen in the theater, but I felt it in my home. Uh, so there is that. But I agree with you. Sound of Metal. I would not be mad for it if it took it. Best song that plays over the end credits of the movie. Sorry, best original song. Speak Shut Now up, from bro. One Night in Miami. Uh yeah, shouts to Leslie Odom. He's a he's a great musical performer. Uh, he's really good in One Night in Miami. Also, I would also love to see her take it for yeah the song cool. in 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 uh, Judas and Black Messiah. But for me, yeah, it is Speak Now easily, easily. Uh, you said you wanted which song from Eurovision? I I think Ya Ya Ding Dong is the more memorable and fun song, and Husavik is a bit boring. But you know, the internet likes Husavik, so who am I to argue? I don't understand y'all's love for Eurovision, but okay. Play Yaya Ding Dong. I only want to hear Yaya Ding Dong. Speak now. <laughs> I heard, I think I heard that her is the first person to be nominated for Song of the Year at the Grammys. 
and best song at the Oscars in the same year, but for different songs. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Best score. Uh, there's two, two nominations here for Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, but I'm going with the one that includes John Baptiste in Soul. Easily. Uh, I think that would win. I would really be happy to see Emile Mosseri take this home from Minari, but uh, I think it's Trent and Atticus is to lose. Yes. Um, I would love to see Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, wait, was that one nominated? I guess I pulled up the wrong one. No, no, no. No, sorry. no not score. Yeah. Well, I think uh, he had done it for... Five Bloods. He he did it for Judas and the Black... No, he did it for One Night in Miami, my bad. Um, but yeah, mm. I'm going for the Five Bloods. I would like to see that one get the win, but I, I do feel like it's going to be Soul, and I'm not upset with John Baptiste winning. The other two, they've already, they're already good. They're set. Um, but John Baptiste yeah. winning, I think, would be dope. And eventually, Emil will get his. Eventually. Yeah. He's going to be around for a while. He's he's definitely putting himself in that like elite composer class very yes, quickly. Sir. Best production design. I think this is Mank's category, uh, if any, because that movie, th- the details in that movie are are, are so uh, in, exquisitely crafted in a way that Fincher pays more attention to than it seems like any other filmmaker. I, I feel like Mank could win this one. Hmm. Zach, have you seen The Father? I know. I haven't seen The Father yet. They didn't send me a link. Hashtag let Zach see The Father, whatever. It's like a character in the movie, Zach. <laughs> it's his flat, you see. And the flat, you know, it changes, you see. I, I love you've it. Been, you've been on that corner for The Father's production design. And it's interesting because I was looking at Gold Derby. And they had uh, The Father at like 8th or ninth on their their odds so you know more than gold derby in this category at least man y'all lucky i don't play that game over there man all y'all gold derby fans be making fun of the fantasy football fans and now look at this we've all playing for gamer xbox points that don't add up man i would have been in there sweeping it in the top 10 maybe probably not no no one guessed i I was watching everybody's reactions this morning because i know a lot of people play the gold derby game Mm -hmm. Um, i know how many people played it when lakeith got the nom that broke everybody's bracket, so to speak. People didn't I guess. even understand it, man. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure it was even a possibility on the Gold Derby game. That's why <laughs> they they felt broken. Uh, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, the father for production design. Yeah. Yeah. I got seventy nine percent on Gold Derby, by the way. Ooh. Best makeup. I think uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom here. <sighs> yeah. I really hope it's not Hillbilly Elegy. I I hope so. <laughs> too but i would love to see emma take this one i'm not gonna lie um no to pinocchio and yeah no uh ma rainey or emma uh best film editing i think i'm going with nomadland here wow. i don't know if it's just gonna be a chloe Zhao sweep but uh there seems to be a lot of love around nomadland how many it's nominated in all the right categories how many do you here. think she's going home with Is it wrong if I say four? I mean, we, we're saying director. <laughs> we're saying director. You're saying editing. We've Actually, no, I picture. don't think I have her in screenplay. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's good. That would have been the fourth one, but we'll yeah. get there. We'll get there. In terms of editing, uh, yeah. have you seen The Father? I thought it does a really good job of the way that it cuts around with the uh, two uh, characters in the film, especially in the flat that he lives in. I would like to see Promising Young Woman come out of nowhere and take it. I think it's a fun editing job. I never yeah. thought that this was going to be an 
Oscar. Nope. What did you say? Uh, six nominations for Promising Young Woman? That's crazy. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, I know Emerald Fennel was freaking out. Look, shout oh, out to five, them. Five, actually. But uh, okay, five. That's still fantastic. That's five more that I thought it was yeah, gonna <laughs> it was lot. gonna come in with. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think Nomadland may take this one, and I think she's gonna be go- going home with three for sure. I'm yeah. almost. I'm, I'm pretty big on that. Best costume design. I've also got this one going to Ma Rainey. Yeah, I could see that. I'm trying to pull it up over here. What else is nominated? Emma, Mank, Mulan, Pinocchio. <sighs> Emma's got to take one of them, bro. Emma has to take one of them. Look, I don't even read GQ. That entire like breakdown that they had, that entire press run that she was doing, the director talking about all the, the ins and outs of the costumes that she did. Nah, bro, she was in there. That was like some phantom thread level of, of like detailedness that she was doing with that movie. So uh, I would, I'm glad she got the nominations, but I think that she should take home one of these for sure. Best cinematography. This is... Mr. Chloe Zhao's, I think, to lose in Nomadland. Uh, although I would be happy to see uh, Judas and Black Messiah take this one here. One I don't think a lot of people see. had this one. I don't think a lot of people had that, that making the cut nope. even, but maybe there's some energy surging behind that one. I, I still think Nomadland is just kind of right now the juggernaut. You for, see that? In a weird way. Do you see that? Try the Chicago 7s in the spot where Dear Comrade should have been. This is, well, okay, never yeah. mind. Actually, Mank took it. Mank took the spot for the black and white film because there's always going to be a black and white film. Would have loved to see Dear Comrades mm-hmm. in there for that instead. Um, but you're right. It's Snowman. Yeah, Trial took Tenet's spot. Uh, <laughs> best original... <laughs> best original screenplay. I, I see this one going to Promising Young Woman and Emerald Fennel. Excuse me. I think me. this is going to be... I think this is potentially going to be the only one that Promising Young Woman wins. I think it's going to be it kind of going to be in that get out category where it does a pretty well in terms of nominations, but bro, if that uh, ultimately only takes screenplay. If that wins screenplay, ooh, it's not my favorite screenplay in this category. Ooh, but if there's anything it, it, that has been critiqued to hell on this movie, mm-hmm. is the screenplay. Oh, but praise Carrie, praise Emerald. Colors are beautiful. Bless Bo Burnham, but they hate, hate, hate the screenplay. It's got an Oscar nomination. You're saying it might take the win? I think so, yeah. I think there's a lot of love among the Academy for this movie, clearly. Clearly. Uh, and I don't think it's going to win anywhere else. I think it's got it's one of those classic cases of where they kind of give it an Oscar in one of the smaller categories and sort of like, thank you for showing up and, and being being one of the movies we liked, even though you're not the best picture this year. And look, if it's not going to Promising Young Woman, it's going to Trial of Chicago 7. Well, that's and what I I'm don't saying. Want to I don't trial, want it to go to Trial. Um, I don't see Trial getting shut out, though. I just, that's going to, that's leaning more towards Mank than it is to Trial. But I would love, out of all mm-hmm. the categories, I would love to be surprised in this. Judas taking it, Sound of Metal yeah. taking it. Hell, if Minari takes it, that would be absolutely fantastic. And I put Promising Young Woman in there as well. It's a genre film, dude. I can also see the argument that Minari surges. There's so much love for that movie and, and Lee Isaac Chung's story, too, that that he wrote this script basically as a way of being like, I, I'll do this one thing and then I'm quitting filmmaking and now look where it is. I, it could be Minari. Maybe I should change my pick to Minari. Are you saying he quit? No, he would after this one, but then it turned into a success. <laughs> And if he wins, he'll definitely be on the for the next one. 
Promising yeah, yeah, Young yeah. Woman winning, though. That would be interesting considering, like you mentioned, Get Out's win, to see a lot more genre-type films coming in here and, and, yeah. and making a splash. So that would be interesting to see. Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, we were just talking about this one. I, I could see The Father getting this one. I could really? see Chloe getting this one. I could also see One Night in Miami, Miami. Getting, getting this, this one. one. And I, 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 I don't know. Personally, uh, I love Kemp Power's script. I love Kemp Power's script. I yeah. would love to see One Night in Miami win. Um, I, I do think The Fathers is solid. It, for me, it's One Night in Miami and The Father. You can see Nomad Land obviously coming in to take it. I don't. I have my issues with the name adapted screenplay for that film. It would be dope to see Borat win and have seven dudes up there. <laughs> All holding all these statues. Like, at that yeah. point, you kind of know. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. That would be insane, though. I, I don't think it... W- they didn't win an Oscar the first time around for the first Borat, right? I think they got nominations, but they, so. they did not win anything. So that would be crazy, because at that point, I mean, you got you got people coming out with, like, seven statues. You know who it is. It's not Nomadland at that yeah. point. <laughs> Best Supporting Actor. We talked about it a little bit, but I still think this is Daniel Kaluuya's to lose. It is. I feel like you agree with me. Um, I, I, however, if they do split it, I do think that it may go to uh, Racy. Oh, interesting. Sometimes they surprise. I feel like it'll go to Sasha if it doesn't go to Daniel, but I still got Daniel. How dare you put that onto the universe, bro? What? Don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Supporting actress. I am leaning Yoo Jung-yoon in this category. I, I think this is going to be you've Minari's been heavy big on award. It. If you are right... I will say you've been on that train for the longest time. I will say you will sleep a happy man that night knowing that she was. Did you see mm-hmm. the uh, the someone had posted that they were doing an interview with her, if I'm not mistaken, and that she was vaping? Yeah. And she had no idea yeah. that the camera was on. <laughs> she, was, she was like, you did can see that? Cameras on, yeah. And she's like, well, it's my house. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> she's fantastic, man. Honestly, I would love to see her speech. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I would be happy to see just about anybody who in this category win. Uh, I know you love Olivia Coleman, even though I haven't I seen The Father think yet. She's the best. The one only one I don't category. want is Glenn Close, and I think Glenn Close has a chance. Sadly, it sucks, bro. It yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, best actor. I kind of feel like this has been Chadwick Boseman's for a little while now, especially uh, after the speech at the Golden Globes from his his widow. Mm-hmm. I just think that kind of sealed it. it the Oscars wants that kind of a moment and they it's do. a way to honor uh, Postman, especially since he missed out on that supporting actor nomination. You know, all the energy is now focused on getting him uh, awarded in this category. And it's a great performance, too. It is. Do you know out of these five who the best performance is, though? I haven't seen The Father. I have to do it for this one, Zach. I know. I know. But out of all the categories I'm doing the bit, this is actually the one where it's, it's you know I've been on this for the longest time. Out of every yes. single person. Yes. Out of almost everyone except Carrie Coon, probably. This man gave the best performance of 2020, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, you, you refuse to acknowledge that Delroy Lindo is the best performance of 2020 because you keep bringing up Anthony Hopkins. No, bro, I, 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 look, I screwed I Gary Oldman. Like that, I don't even know why he's on here, but Anthony Hopkins is the best performance, but I know it's going to go to Chadwick. Wouldn't it be crazy to yeah. see a split and a, a Rizra Steven take it? Cool. I, I wouldn't mind. But Be it's cool. Chadwick. It's Chadwick. The, the whole thing's sad. Yeah. Yep. Best actress. This one's tough. I could see the argument going in a couple different ways. 
I could see the argument uh, for Viola Davis, given what a powerhouse she is. I could see the argument for Carrie Mulligan, given that she hasn't won before and the movie is so that would be insane. Uh, centered on her performance. That'd be insane. I could see it going to Frances McDormand, too. I default. This is the one category I've said I have absolutely no clue. None whatsoever. I've said this. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Yeah, if you're asking me right now, I'm going Carrie Mulligan, but I I can't put away Francis McDormand from my my predictions. Quite, I yet. know, but then something crazy happens. Andrew, Vanessa take it. Viola Andrew also won the Golden Globe. She won the Golden Globe. I don't think that. I don't know if that means a lot, but maybe it means something. Who knows? You know, she's still she's still in there. But yeah, I, I, it would be it would be dope to see Carrie take it. I think this would be a role yeah. that to have that notched in there. That'd be a that. I mean, that would cement promising young woman. That would cement promising young woman. Easily. Sure. All right. In best director, do you think anybody's got a chance to upset Chloe Zhao? Zachary Snyder. Uh, what he did in his work for the re-release. No, no, nobody. It would be a surprise if anybody else takes it. If anyone were to upset, I would love for it to be Emerald. Just just because her reaction, I think, would be absolutely mm-hmm. priceless. But I would I'd be astonished. This, I, don't, I don't think I could be any more surprised of any win not going to somebody uh than chloe for this it would be the biggest upset of the night this is the one yeah. that we've been i think clamoring for i think there's a chance that chloe could win a bunch of stuff she could win uh editing and maybe even screenplay and get director and still not get best picture but i feel weirdly more confident that she's going to get director even over than, everything uh, any of those other ones it, it just seems kind of like so much of the praise around that film is centered on her and and th- the vision she's she's crafted that it, it's going to get awarded somewhere and most likely here. Bro, she can melt all the awards she's picked up this last award season, probably melt it and fund her next film. The amount that she's already won, like it's just the trajectory is right there. The math equals a win. I'd be really surprised if it doesn't go that way. Uh, and then in Best Picture, Nomadland, still the front runner. I could see Minari climbing. Uh, like I said, I think that film is building momentum. That late release date, people are catching up to it. It's I would love such to see a it. heartwarming hey, I movie. would love to see it, but there's no way we're getting back-to-backs. What? There's no way we're getting back-to-backs. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, foreign language. I, don't, yeah, I know, I know. The statistics seem to indicate that it's Nomadland and potentially Promising Young Woman leading the chase because promising uh, things that often correlate with a Best Picture win are picking up the Best Directing, Best Screenplay, and Best Editing nominations. Only two movies have all three, and that's Promising Young Woman and Nomadland. So maybe Emerald's got a chance in the big category. I don't, I don't know about that one. Uh, a lot of people were saying Trial of Chicago 7 hey, was a that's, front runner That's my thing. I'm worried that it's going to be got trial. Snubbed. No, I feel like it's going to be trial. I feel like it's going to be trial. Like, that's, yeah. that'd be that's, the most That's why I don't want to say... That's why I don't want to say it's Nomadland for sure. I think these things are more in flux than people want to say. And, and I do really see a world in which maybe Minari surges, maybe even Promising Young Woman surges. I, I think Promising Yeoman, um, Young Woman has already had its, like, hype peak, mm-hmm. which is weird to say for a movie that is only going to be available for $6 to rent at home today. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking it up tomorrow um, from Target. <laughs> I got my copy, my digital code all ready to go. I literally was going to buy the VOD as soon as it dropped, and then I went, no, 
I kind of want to. Per- I kind of want to have the physical media of it. I'm a. I'm an intercut host. I. I gotta walk the talk. <laughs> I'm gonna pick it up tomorrow. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it'll be an exciting Oscar ceremony. I, I think. I think we're gonna be surprised by some things. You know, there's. There's. It never goes quite the way that the experperts are predicting. Mm-hmm. So. You know, Nomadland is it's also all online. It's all virtual. For a movie that is so uh, considered the front runner, Nomadland is such a small movie too, and it feels weird to to give just give away all these awards to this small movie that might not appeal to all Oscar voters, especially considering some of the the pushback against it now that it's been released. But yeah, you never know, dude. I, it's still what Green I would back, predict. Green Book, Green Book, Green Book had pushback. That took it, you know. Every movie gets Every pushed movie back gets at some point. Back at some cycle. point, you know. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that that's gonna be a very interesting uh, ending to the night. Uh, at least, as like you and I were saying beforehand, out of all of these, Trial of Chicago Seven is my least favorite. But even even that as being my least favorite is still a movie that had its quips here or there. I understand why people like it. I don't hate it. Just not my cup of tea. But you got the father. You got Judas and the Black Messiah. You got Mank. You got Minari. You got No Man Only. You got Promising Young Woman. You got Sound of Metal. That is a stacked list. 2020 was a good year for movies. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Pop your popcorn. Watch these bad boys. Most of them are already streaming. Go have a good time with them. You have plenty to watch. Movies did not disappoint. I can't think of a better way to wrap it up than that. Uh, that's been our Oscars reaction and predictions for the different categories. Let us know your thoughts in the comments down below, reaching out to us on social media at intercut pod on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or shooting us an email intercutpod at gmail.com. You can also catch up with us on discord, which is available through the link in the description below and make sure to support the show on patreon there's different tiers that you can support the show at to get access to our episode outlines early get access to uh the show to private channels in the show's discord get a shout out on the show like andrew christensen or tushar sharma and you can also access at whole episodes online early so head over to patreon.com slash intercut pod and support the show you can follow me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, at ZShevitz. That's Z-S-H-E-V as in Vinterberg, I-C-H. All right, where can people catch more from you? You can find me at LME Explain over on Twitter, YouTube. Catch me watching and preparing for Space Jam 2, which I know we're talking Oscars, but if there's one movie this year that I'm the most concerned about, it is that one. Uh, and then just catch me every week here on the Intercut Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, justice for Delroy Lindo.